0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I'm just going to jump right into this. Um, The title of my message is called Build My House, and I got that phrase from the book of Haggai, and... Haggai is a really short book in the Bible. It's only two chapters, but Haggai was one of the prophets. And in this book, Haggai is telling the people what the Lord is saying, which was basically God was saying, look, you've all made these great lives for yourselves. You're comfy and you're cozy and these houses that you've built, but you've neglected my house. God said in Haggai 1.8, go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. And reading this got me thinking about us as the church and why we're here. We know that the church is not just a building, but a body of people. And God is calling us together to build his kingdom. We all have different roles and assignments in that. We all have the opportunity to sit at the table. We all have something to offer. So what will you bring? Imagine Thanksgiving dinner. And oh my gosh, I, I love Thanksgiving dinner. And if you're anything, <laughs> my brother, he loves Thanksgiving too. <laughs> Jack really doesn't like Thanksgiving, so we share that. But if you're anything like me, you are anticipating the turkey and the gravy and the rolls and the dressing. The dressing, not the stuffing. Gross. There is a difference. And the cranberry sauce and the pumpkin pie. But this time, this Thanksgiving, everyone just shows up with the same bowl of mashed potatoes. And don't get me wrong, I love mashed potatoes, but mashed potatoes in itself is not a complete meal, okay? Or let's think about a group of people, and they all decide that they're going to get together and they're going to build a house. So they all show up to this empty lot with nothing but hammers, everyone thinks they're going to build a house and they're all just standing around with a bunch of hammers. And the first person says, well, I brought a hammer because that's what God gave me. Okay, that's fine. But the next person says, well, I was going to bring my saw with me, but I was, as I was leaving my house, I noticed Ted over here and he had a hammer with him, so I just brought a hammer instead. And then the next person says, well, God did give me a drill, but I ended up selling it. And I went to Home Depot and I got this hammer. And the work at Home Depot said that these hammers are best sellers and they were almost sold out. I mean, it's kind of heavy and I don't really know how to use it, but look how shiny it is. And my point with the mashed potatoes and all of the hammers is... How are we going to know what God has called us to do if, one, we don't recognize our own gifting, and two, we are constantly comparing our role to someone else's? Comparison is a dangerous thing. Comparison compromises confidence. And I'm not talking about the kind of confidence that when you wake up in the morning, you think you're the coolest person in the world. I'm talking about the confidence in who God created you to be, confidence in what he has called you to do, and confidence in the very gifts that he has woven into your DNA. We are running a race, but not against each other. Therefore, someone else's success does not mean our failure. As a body, success in the kingdom means success for us all because ultimately it's not about us. Will God use us? For sure, but it's for his glory. An important aspect to being able to build the church is working together in unity. Okay, what happens if my right leg is trying to go forward. And then my left leg is trying to go backwards. I'm not going anywhere. I'm stuck. Yeah, I'll probably do the splits and hurt myself. But um, as a body, we must be willing to work together to move forward. If not, we're not going anywhere. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to go to verses four through six, which says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, and another translation says that there are a variety of ministries. So there are a variety of ministries, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So that tells me that, one, our gifts are different from one another, but they come from the same spirit. Two, our callings are not always the same, but we're called by the same Lord. And three, the power that works through us and is revealed in us is by one God. Truthfully, We may not always know what to do, but when we understand the who and the why, we work together in unity. Jumping down to verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And then verse 15 And this is a lot of reading right here, so just bear with me. I wanted to try to, like, skip through and cut stuff out, but I just couldn't. It was too good. Okay. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. It takes everyone working together and doing their part, which leads me to, we can't build a church without servants. We are not simply volunteers. To serve is to use those gifts and passions that God has placed in us to advance the kingdom. And I have a special appreciation for the nursery and kids church workers because like, I'm about to have my third baby, and it's because of them that I have been able to continue doing what I do up here. And I know sometimes they probably feel like their work isn't as important, and all they're doing is passing out goldfish and coloring pages and changing diapers and playing games, but it really is so much more than that up there. Also, when you open the door for someone before service and you have a smile on your face, that may just be the first smile that they have seen all day. When you make the coffee or you change the batteries in the cameras or you simply pick up a piece of trash that you see on the ground. Even when it's the things that nobody else will see or know about or brag about, it matters, and it's necessary. And there's a reason why God placed certain gifts and passions in you. Jesus himself was fully aware that he was the son of God, and he used that position to wash the disciples' feet. And he told them to do, this, to do the same for each other. Romans twelve four through eight, If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I also want to point out that serving doesn't just happen in this building. Because the church isn't just some walls and rooms, we get to be a servant and advance the kingdom anywhere and any day of the week. Your home, your job, the gym, the bank, the grocery store, it doesn't matter where we are. We can use each new day to ask the Holy Spirit, how can I use my gifts today? In the book of Nehemiah, it talks about the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. And this wall was so important because without it, the city of Jerusalem would essentially be defenseless to an enemy. So the people were separated by families and each family unit had a different job. And when they had built the wall about halfway up, Jerusalem's enemies heard about it and were angry and they plotted to fight against the restoration of this wall. So the Jews reconfigured the way in which they worked. In Nehemiah 4, 16 through 18, from that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. They literally built this wall with, a, wep- I mean, with a, a tool in one hand and then a weapon with the other hand. They were prepared. And what I want to point out is, they were called to build the wall, but they still had an enemy. We are called to build the church. We're called to build the kingdom we're called to build our lives in Christ, but sometimes it's a fight to do what we're called to do. The enemy doesn't want that wall built. And a lot of times we will find ourselves building with one hand and fighting with the other. And what we build on matters. Building on a foundation of Jesus means building upon truth, because Jesus is truth. His words are truth. We literally cannot separate Jesus from his words. So building the kingdom is done with the truth of the word and not man's opinion. 1 Corinthians 3.10 says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. So we build our life on the Word of God. It says that I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And the Word says that the beginning of wisdom is fearing God. So how do we know if we're building with wisdom? Through testing. It says it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If you're building on the truth, and doing it with wisdom, it will stand. In Matthew seven twenty four, Jesus talks about the wise and foolish builders. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Once again, we build our life on the word of God, and we build the church on the word of God. And I cannot read that without thinking of the story of the three little pigs. You know, the first pig comes and he builds his house with straw. And the next pig builds his house with sticks. And they're just singing and dancing. And they're just blissfully unaware of the lack of structure of their homes. And then you see the third pig. And he's working hard. And he's building his house brick by brick. And the other two pigs are just laughing at him and they're like, oh, the big bad wolf. Like, what can he do to me? Who could be afraid of him? And the third pig says, laugh all you want, but you'll be sorry when he does come and he blows through your door because you weren't prepared. And of course, the wolf does come and he destroys the house of straw and he destroys the house of sticks, but he cannot touch the house of bricks. Not only is there a real enemy out there, but also just general trials of living in this world. The rain, the streams, the wind. What are you building your foundation on? Will your house withstand the rain and the winds? Is your house strong enough to keep the enemy out? One last thing I wanted to talk about was loving one another. And I didn't really know how to flow into this, but I knew that I wanted to include it because it's important when we're talking about unity and advancing the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 13, one through three says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clinging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And I think sometimes when we know what our gifting is and Maybe we've been working in that for a while. It's easier to become cold to the why we're doing it. It's easy to just go through the motions and forget that we're in this together with real people. It's easy to love likable people, but it's important that we're also loving those who may not give us any reason to. First Peter four: seven through 11, says, "The end of all things is near, therefore be alert and sober of mind that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. So it's not about us. It's about God. It's about the kingdom and his glory. And I'm almost done, so wow. God will use us, but it's our job to operate in and grow our gifts, not comparing ourselves to the next person. Find somewhere to serve. Check your foundation. Am I building on the truth of Jesus or am I just going with what I think is truth? And seek out the lost and hurting and those who have been labeled unwanted and be intentional about loving them. Remember that we are here to build God's house and further the kingdom. And we need each other to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Y'all can stand. God, I thank you that you have given us the tools to further your kingdom. You give us what we need to carry out the calling on our lives. God, and I ask that if, if we aren't sure about what that is, that you would make it clear to us. Lord, I ask for a fresh union in your church so that we are able to come together and advance your kingdom. I thank you, God, for everything that you do. And I thank you for each person that is in here tonight. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.